tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hello and welcome to Springboard, your virtual university. My name is Albert Okran. Welcoming you on behalf of Team Springboard, ably led by Comfort. This is your most inspirational show and that place where the greatest minds in the world converge. Your virtual university is brought to you by the Springboard Roadshow Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse, just be the enterprise group, Enterprise Your Advantage, UMB Bank. It's celebrating 50 years in banking and the Central University Ghana's premier private Christian university. Our media partners are the Multimedia Group and the Graphic Business. So what do Dubai Nehemiah and Kasapreku Group have in common? If you don't know, just go to last week's very inspiring and thought-provoking leadership conversation with Professor P.K. Richardson. It's a recommended viewing and recommended listening on any of our platforms, on YouTube, on Facebook. And of course, it was live on Joy 99.7 FM and also in the graphic business. But the three lessons that you would want to carry away from last week or the three things you will need to, to, to create wealth in any form, the first one is the knowledge or the know-how. The second one, very interesting, is the keenness or the leadership to make things happen and the third one is the resources that you need to drive your agenda. He says if you have the first two, the third one will by all means come. Our guest today, once again, in the leadership conversation is Professor P.K. Richardson. Prof, good to see you. Good to see you, Albert. Good to see you again. I am absolutely not surprised at the overwhelming reaction in the studio and everywhere else on last week's exciting conversation about leadership. Are you surprised at the kind of reaction we get to these conversations. This is your 14th springboard edition. Are you surprised at the reaction to, to these conversations? I get a few comments here and there, but I've never known that people are, or they tend to be very excited about um, our conversations. I'm pleasantly pleased to hear that. How important are conversations like this on a platform like Springboard? You, you've been part of this for a while. Oh, yes, I am. Uh, I've actually heard comments from people. I think even the last one was on the flight coming when somebody said that 95% of what he knows, he got it from Springboard. said, if you're talking of knowledge and you said, I have some knowledge, a package of some knowledge, 95% of that I got it from Springboard. And that was quite uh, impressive. In other words, this guy listens and makes notes and has learned so much. And for him to stand outside in the open and give that credit, I think Springboard deserves a pat on the back. Wow. Yeah. And this is somebody you met on a plane? On a flight coming from, from uh, Amsterdam to Ghana. Let, let me find out from you. You are an academic, an established academic for several years. And you, you teach 
in formal settings, in lecture rooms, and so on. What is attractive to people about the same knowledge being transitioned into a setting like this in the media in a relaxed form? What is it that makes people respond in that way? What, it's what it's is, convenience. Availability and convenience. You know, some of the stuff are actually um, put out to senior managers. For example, in Ghana, if I'm doing a two-day course, a two-day training program for top people in leadership, I'll charge them about $3,000 for the two days. In China, I'll charge 5000 for two days, dollars, apart from FS and so on. And because of Springboard, a lot of people actually get the same knowledge for nothing. You know, what I deliver, what I say here, is precisely what I was saying before executive. Right. And they get it for nothing. So you are saying that the, the key for many people is that the same knowledge they will get, they will have to pay thousands of dollars for. They get it for free here. And at and their they convenience. At their convenience. And they can record it if they are busy and listen to it later on. Whereas if I'm doing a session for um, some even open nomination course, I will not allow it to be recorded. Because... When I, when, I, when I present, I make jokes and I make fun and so on. I may say that George Bush, uh, George W. Bush, the, the W stands for whatever. And you don't want something like that, you know, <laughs> recorded and so on. So uh, in, the, in the classroom setting, we can make jokes and so on. And therefore, um, you don't want recording. But Springboard, you can record and keep and look at it later on. So Is it a reflection? Because today's discussion is about change management in a turbulent world. This example you just give, is it a reflection of where the world is trending towards that things that were formally delivered only in a formal setting are now being delivered in various forms and made convenient and accessible? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, if, if you take a typical MBA program, for example, University of uh, Liverpool, you have to literally go there and stay there one and a half years or two years to get a, an MBA. Today, you can actually um, do it online at your convenience, and still get the same knowledge and get the same degree. We offer Manchester Business School. We've got a very, very big um, executive MBA delivered around the world. It's become so big that we actually set up centers around the world. We've got a center in Shanghai for China, Hong Kong. We've got a center in um, Singapore for the Far East. We've got one in Dubai for the Middle East. We've got one in Jamaica for the Caribbean. So we can do a lot of these uh, online, and then uh, maybe before the course ends, we go there in person just to interact with the uh, students and they get opportunity to uh, talk to the professor that they actually connected to online before. So the technology has made it possible to get the same knowledge at your convenience and at half the price. Let's push on to the discussion about change yeah. management. What exactly is change management and why is it important in these leadership conversations, Prof? Right. We use the term change management, Albert, but actually should be change leadership. Okay. Because change is led, isn't it? Yes. You, you lead people into a different setting. Change is simply something different from the status quo. You know, the status quo is not good enough, and you actually lead people into a, a different set, which is better. So it's a misnomer to say change management. Right? Actually, that's what has been used all the time, but it's change leadership. And change must be managed sticking to the, the description because the world is about change the only thing that's unchanging is God himself but the world we live in you know, is about change change is the only thing that's permanent we are born children we grow and we die, that's change we go through phases 
and everything goes through phases. Even companies, you've got a company <clears throat> that does very well in the 1950s because it actually uh, mines asbestos and, and sells them for construction and make a lot of money. One day, the research report is that asbestos actually causes cancer. That day, the company collapses because nobody's going to buy. You know, so that happens to the company, and the executive, the top people of the company, must decide what we do now. Now that we cannot sell asbestos, what is it that we do? So change is everywhere, and the danger about change management is that people refuse to face the change, and if you refuse to face the change and do not do anything about it, then change can destroy you. Because change can have a positive effect when it's good. Change can be neutral, it doesn't affect you, or change can be destructive. Change actually kills. It kills companies, it kills individuals, it kills nations. Wow. And that's scary. You say the day research suggests that asbestos can cause cancer, and you are a company that the, day, the year before you probably had some phenomenal profit sales. That's right. You've done shares, dividends, gone for an AGM, celebrated nice speeches. Then two weeks after or a month after, Dead. there is breaking news, and the news says that asbestos causes cancer. And unfortunately, that's your lead product. And you are saying that should that happen, if the company does not respond quickly enough, yeah. That will be the, the death That's of right. the company. Yeah. When you say respond, what do you mean? Borrowing from last week, you talked right. about so, how leaders must respond to That's situations. right. So what kind of... The top guns must actually have a meeting and say, look, this is what has come. There's nothing we can do about it. Nobody's going to buy asbestos anymore. What do we do? Maybe we've got some reserves, got some money. We need to determine what next to do. Maybe we should go to cement production straight away. Start setting up the factory. Start looking for customers and so forth and so on. Something needs to be done. Otherwise, the company is gone. Everybody has lost their job. People have become jobless. They can't put food on the table. They are dead. So not responding to change can be very dangerous. Let me give you a simple example. A young man, 24, falls in love with a young lady. And love is like what you see in Hollywood. All right? So every day, the young man comes from work. The lady is at the door, kisses all over. Sweetheart, come home. You know, your food is ready. Set the food up, sit by him. He enjoys the meal, and life is very good. Every time he comes from work, there is somebody at the door welcoming food. Then the lady becomes pregnant and has a baby. From then on, every time the man comes from work, the lady is sitting in the couch, breastfeeding the baby. There's nobody at the door. That's change that this man must actually, you know, take in that life has changed for me. My wife used to be, uh, without a child, it was easy, you know, to do all the nice things she did. She can't do it anymore. This marriage I'm talking about collapsed because the man could not just adjust to that change. And then, of course, You've got another case where a young man also got married to his darling. This young man used to play golf every evening, six days a week apart from Sundays. He loved golf. Golf was part of great part of his life. Every evening, five to seven, he'll go and play golf. Then, of course, he decided to marry his darling girlfriend, and he got married. 
and moved to the same house to live together. Then he said to his wife, you know that I love golf. Golf is like another wife to me. So don't come, don't try to stop me from playing my golf. Golf is my life. So sweetheart, don't play. As for me, every evening, five to seven, I'll play my golf. Then the lady said, but you should know that your life has changed. You used to be single. Now you've got a wife. You've got to think about your wife too. So I don't like the idea that every evening, six days a week, you should actually go play golf. Say, so, well, that's what I want to do. So please don't stop me. The woman said, fine. Every evening you can go and play your golf. But that's between five and seven every evening. But between five and seven every evening, there will be sex in this house, whether you are here or not. Wow. Can you imagine what happened? I can imagine. Yeah. That's what you want. There will be sex in this house, whether you are here or not. Pick your choice. So what's the lesson from this? The lesson for this is that you cannot afford to fight change when mm. it's done on you. You mm. just have to face it and deal with it and say, what is it that I can do in the new circumstances? Awesome. So if I, if I, if I understand what you're saying so far, you're saying that change is constant. The only thing that, that doesn't change is cause it's, it's change, yes. And God it, is the only one who doesn't change. And change can be positive, negative, New, or neutral. Or neutral. May not affect you. And change can kill a company. It kills all the time. Right. And individuals also. Right. And you're saying that when, when you see a, a circumstance, your circumstances change, the big thing to do is, as a leader, sit down and ask yourself the question. There's nothing I can do about this new research on asbestos, but what do I have? How can I pivot? That's How right. can I move something else that That's is, right. has yeah. demand? And move my company so that people will still have jobs. They will still have a life. And you say, if you don't do that, it can be very dangerous. And you the use two examples, parenting and marriage, and how that transition yeah. must a involve a change in the way you respond. That's right. Let's take the case of illness, for example. We've been diagnosed with diabetes. You used to enjoy everything. Coke, you love Coke. Every time you finish your dinner, Coke. You've been diagnosed yesterday with diabetes, which means you cannot drink Coke anymore. If you go on, you will die. So you just have to adjust to a new lifestyle. There's no other way, unless you want to carry on and die. And nobody wants to die. It's suicide. Let's look at internal change versus external change, just for the benefit of somebody who is looking at only something that comes from outside? What about what comes from inside? Help us appreciate the difference. Internal change is important because perhaps you want to improve something that you do. You know, nobody is forcing it on you. You realize that it's important to do. Right. Let me take the case of myself. There are many business economists around the world. So we find it very hard to get consulting jobs because there are too many of us. Leadership is an area where there are no, not very many consultants. There are some consultants, but not very many. What prevents you from actually leaving business economics and going to improve your skills in leadership and using that as a consultant? That's what I did. I decided that since I can make it better in leadership, I'm going to leave business economics on the side if I get a job in there, I can do. I go to leadership. Some people say, me, I'm a business economist. That's what I've got my PhD in. That's where I stay. No. One of the most important things in a person's life, Albert, is to be ready at all times to give up what you are for what you might become. Mm. Please say that again. 
one of the most important, if not the most important thing in a person's life, in your life, is to be ready at all times to give up what you are for what you might become. Because if you are very happy with what you are, you always stay there. And life is about improvement. So you need to actually say, what is it that I can do in the future? What else can I do? And if you are not able to sit down and say, where do I see myself five years from now? And deal with it. You will never make progress. Because if you ask yourself that question, then you can scan the environment and say, five years from now, I should be managing director. Therefore, I need to work on that from now to become managing director. Life is about change. If you don't actually do anything and stay the same, you will never make progress. In fact, you may perish. In the, in the, in the report of the World Economic Forum, yeah. they always cite the attributes that one will need to remain relevant in the world of work. And interestingly, one of my favorites, the number, the, the last one on that list of attributes was cognitive flexibility. And they cite flexibility as that ability to transition, to reinvent yourself, to be able to spot the changes and to make the move. And that seems to be what you are describing. Precisely. Because in, if you go back to the early post-war period of, say, the 1950s and 60s, Lifetime employment. Once you got into UAC, you stayed there till retired. Lifetime employment. Any job you got in, unless you decided to leave, you had a job for life. Not anymore. So it is not being employed as the issue now. It is not that. It is employability. Am I employable? As the world changes and the skills demands of companies change, will I still be relevant? And that means improving yourself all the time. In the next 20, 30 years, we're going to have big growth in the area of robotics and artificial intelligence. And a lot of people will become redundant. Their skills will become redundant. So promoting yourself and progressing yourself and having current knowledge and so forth and so on is necessary. In primitive societies, age is wisdom. In current modern societies, it is technological mastery and knowledge that is relevant. Wow. No, I need this I need this one again. You said in primitive society, yes. age. age is wisdom. Because nothing changes. So the one who is 50, he has experienced everything. And because nothing is changing, he can tell you that you young man, you come to experience what I have experienced. So let me tell you about it. That's primitive. In modern society, things are changing. So age is no longer relevant. One uh, British always wanted to appoint a new managing director. They appointed Willie Walsh. He was only 44. Can you tell me there were no 50-year-olds, 60-year-olds in the business? He was the one who had the technological mastery and the knowledge to run the airline. And are you saying that is one of the reasons why many companies are going for younger and younger and younger CEOs? Yes, because they, they, they were the ones with the skills. They are looking for skills. 44, he could deliver. This is a big airline. He's the one. There were 60-year-olds, 55-year-olds. But they looked around and said, this is a guy who can do it. So it is knowledge that matters. Age is irrelevant. It's like, you know, in the 60s when we used to teach our MBA students that size is important. If your company is big, then you will survive. So those days, what happened was that big companies swallowed small companies in order to become even bigger. Today, size doesn't matter. It is how fast you move. Mm. So it's like yesterday, yes, the big fish always swallowed the small fish to become even bigger. Today, it is the smart fish. It is the fast fish that swallows the slow. 
size is irrelevant. So on the company front, you're saying that size is no longer the bigger advantage. It is not. It is speed how and responsiveness that is leading. How and fast on the individual front, in the world that's changing, how fast you move? It's not age. It's now technological machine and also the skills that you have. Let's go on to why people resist a change that is obvious. You can see the thing that, as you said, for instance, robotics and AI are driving the world. And you say, me, me, Mensa, me, I will never change. The, the, the basic problem, I bet, is that human beings are fundamentally conservative. That's our nature. We live in comfort zones. All right? Once we get into a situation, we become comfortable in it. It's very difficult for us to change. That's our nature. Fundamentally conservative. And we are creatures of habit. Once we get into a habit, it's very difficult for us to change. That's also our nature. Albert, you see somebody holding a pack of cigarettes and smoking. On every side of the pack is written smoking kills. On every side, smoking kills. So they, they know it. They're holding it. And yet they continue to smoke. So, but this thing says you kill. So, but I can't help it. That's habit. It's a small word. H-A-B-I-T. But it's a very stubborn word. Habit. Small word, but very stubborn. Just let's look at it. H-A-B-I-T. So you actually create a habit. You form a habit. And then you realize that it's wrong or somebody convinces you that if you don't leave that habit, you will die. So you wear very, very hard like smoking to get rid of the H. What is left? A bit. Mm. All right? Right. If you want to get rid of the H, you have a bit left of you the word rid, habit. You get rid of the A? A H. It's habit. H-A-B-I-T. You take the H off, you have a, a bit, bit left. You take off the A to you have bits. Then you take <laughs> even the, B, even you the have A, bits. you have bit. And even when you take the B out, you have, it's, it's still there. It's still there. I like Not this gone. one. I love this one. <laughs> All right? So that is the problem. We are fundamental conservative. We are creatures of habit. We live in comfort zones, and it's very difficult to actually change, even when we know it's dangerous. And that is why we need leaders who can actually get us to change. This is Springboard, the virtual university. If you just joined us, this is our big friend here at Springboard, the man we call PK, Professor PK Richardson, ensconed in Manchester, but a, a very big part of our family here at the virtual university. We call him, we call him an adjunct professor of of Springboard, Springboard because whenever he's coming to Ghana, he just will text or call and see I'm coming. And the next available slot on the program, he will be on. He's been on this this show for 14 times in the 14 years that we have had Springboard, and we are in our 15th year now. So PK, you have one more before this year ends because every year you must have an average of one. Okay, I'll be coming. I'm coming back. October we'll have some more. Indeed, indeed. He's been telling us about about change. And he says, let's talk about change leadership, not even just change management, because really, it's about being able to lead in the course of a change. And if you just joined us, he's, he's ended by saying that we are creatures of habits. And we just are people who are, we are caught up in the way we do things, fundamentally conservative. And even the habits we are formed in, if you take up the H, you will live, you will live a bit. Take up the A, you will still have bits. Take off the B and the thing, it is still there. It is still there. How do we break these <laughs> habits? And how do we transform ourselves to respond to a world that is so brutally changing right before our eyes? When we come back, 
we'll go into a 10-point model. I, I stumbled on that in PK's book and I said, wow, this is powerful. 10 things you must do to lead, even when everything around you seems to be collapsing. 10 things you can do to lead in your business, in your church, in your family, in your political party, in your nation, wherever you find yourself. This one is big. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCI US LLC. Please don't go away. Hello. Dear valued customer. Hey, Asamo. The entire customer service team is out for lunch. Please call back in four hours. What? Me nana be di akona mama me bad service ano. Me kokra. Ah, nana. With bus from Enterprise D, you will love the customer service experience, Kiki. Available for you 24-7 on the Enterprise Advantage app, the Enterprise website, and on WhatsApp number 055-400-1924. Hello, Babs. Chat with Babs from Enterprise. Your contact for insurance, pensions, funeral, and property solutions from the Enterprise Group. Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. <laughs> When you can be anything, who will you become? When you can go anywhere and never feel alone, how far will you go? When you have the means to make your dreams real, when will you start? When your voice can reach every ear, who will you inspire? When your money can travel faster and further than you ever could, where will you send it? When you can tell a story in every language, which ones will you tell? When nothing can stop you, and everyone's behind you, and, and the, the whole, whole world, world awaits, awaits you. you. Don't go alone. Go with us. Everywhere, Everywhere you, you go. go. Aquaba, UMB is proud to offer you the best business solutions possible. We have been excelling in serving Ghana since 1972, and our sole interest is to make your business succeed. We are committed 
to making you to become number one in any sphere of business or enterprise you are pursuing. With our experience in growing some of the biggest SMEs in Ghana, we can support you become the business leader in Okaishi, Suami, Abusokai, or any of the SME enclaves in Ghana with our SME solutions. Our latest SME loans allows you to take a loan backed by the value of your cash flow and inventory so you can increase your trade efficiently. Speak to our business bankers or visit any of our branches now. UMB Bank. You first. Apply now for a degree at Central University, Ghana's leading private Christian university. Admissions are open for the 2021-2022 academic year. Degrees are available on our campuses at Mutual, Christ Temple Abusokai, and Kumasi. You can also enroll in our MBA with various specializations. Scholarships are available for needy but brilliant students. Call now on 0303-318-583. You can also visit our website at central.edu.gh for more info. Welcome back to Springboard, your virtual university, and to this leadership conversation with Professor P.K. Richardson, based in Manchester. Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Roadshow Foundation and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse, the enterprise group UMB Bank, Central University, with our partners, the Multimedia Group and the Graphic Business. In this conversation, we've so far been looking at 10 very interesting lessons from PK. He's mentioned springboard impact, meeting somebody on the flight who said 95% of their knowledge has been garnered from springboard. Very humbling to hear that. And the second lesson is about convenience and cost. He says the reason why these platforms have become very popular is because people are aware that the same knowledge available for thousands of dollars in a formal setting are being made available in the comfort of your location and at no cost to you. You can actually actually listen to the recording over and over again. And so convenience and cost are the drivers, like many other things across the world. The third lesson is about change leadership. He says it's not just about management of change. It's about leading people to a preferred outcome better than the status quo. The fourth is about the force of change. He says change can be either positive negative or, or neutral, but a change can kill a company or an individual. And an example is if you are into the production of asbestos, a, a profitable venture doing that in one day, breaking news, research suggests that um, the production of asbestos can lead to cancer, that alone can kill your company in, in a day if there is no leadership. The next point, number five, was about leadership response. It says, in a situation like that with an external change foisted on you, leadership must sit down, accept the emerging situation, ask the right questions, and then pivot where needed. He says, failing to respond can be dangerous. Three examples, parenting, marriage, and even health issues. He says, all these require lifestyle changes, and failure to respond can kill you, even though it's a good thing. To have to be married or, or to be a parent, not responding properly can kill you. The sixth is about internal change. He says that is where you yourself decide to look at your circumstances and engineer a change to give you an advantage. Example, he moving from business economics to leadership. It was self-driven. And that is when he gave probably one of the nicest quotes so far. He says, one of the most important things in life is to be ready at all times to give up 
what you are for what you can be or who you are for who you can be and i thought that was very very powerful the seventh lesson is about flexibility it says in the post-war world um jobs were just for life you get uac you are there for life he says today it's not the same and employability has become a major driving factor he says looking into the future robotics and artificial intelligence will keep on becoming more and more important and if you don't retrain yourself or make yourself more valuable your job is at risk number eight is about career advantage he says in the post-war world or in the years before today age was required or was seen as wisdom he says today technological advancement or technological adoption is seen as the personal career advantage and that is why many companies are employing younger ceos the knowledge they have and the skills they have is what is driving it not the years of experience per se and then on the corporate side it says corporate advantage is no longer the big behemoth it is much more of how fast the company is and how smart the company is so it's no longer the big fish will swallow the small fish it's about how fleet-footed the company is and that requires leadership the tenth point so far is about resistance why do we resist he says listen we are creatures of habit and fundamentally conservative he says take up the h in the habit and the person will still keep smoking even though the written warning says you will die because a bit is left after the H is gone. He says, take off the A and B is there. Take off the B and it is still there. Prof. <laughs> is that a summary of what you've been saying so far? That's right. That's right. You, you, you paint a picture of, of excitement about the internal change and the prospects of reinventing yourself, a word I like very much. And at the same time, also a stark warning about external change and how you can die. Um, if you don't respond. I recall one of the sessions we had on Springboard, um, one of our 13 sessions so far, was about who moved my cheese as an example of change management. And you sought in that conversation to establish the fact that sometimes it is so clear to the whole world that this thing, if you don't do something about it, you will die. But yes, yet, yes. people stay in it. Yeah, they do. And you are saying that it's because we are creatures of habits. In, in the few minutes we have left, you want to walk through the model you capture in your book, Leadership, Theory, Practice, and Cases. The model you capture on how to lead the change. What, what, what are the 10 things you listed in your book that we must do? That's right, Albert, that's right. And this, the reason why I have this... Um, chapter in the book is the last chapter, 13 chapter, is that leadership is actually is about change. Leadership is you influence people to do something that is good. That was never there before. So you move people to a better position. That's change. You have moved their situation from one to two, which is better. So leadership is actually about change. New things. Management is about today. What we do, we do it well. Springboard is what we do, we do it well. But leadership is about what are we going to do? Mm. You know, we used to be in the studio, now we are online, which is a transition. So there's been a change, and we have to change all our systems and our cameras and so on in order to foster the new 
uh, uh, stuff that we're doing. And research indicates that about two-thirds of all change projects actually fail. And when change projects fail, there's a lot of frustration. The guy says, let's do another thing, and then we do. For example, let us say that we were the best manufacturers of video cassette recorders. I hope people remember video cassette recorders. We were the best in the world, and we made money. And some, all of a sudden, somebody invented DVDs, all right? Which means people are going to go to DVDs much better, and if we don't do anything about our company, we'll be dead in no time. Two years, nobody else will be buying video cassette recorders when there are DVDs. So what is it that we do? We have to change to also manufacture DVDs or do something else. And research indicates that a lot of such change efforts fail, and it brings frustration. Because you gear people up, guys, in order for us to carry on having a life and our job, we need to do this. And you take them through all this and invest and so on, and it fails. You know, and research indicates that a lot of them actually fail. So if you don't want to fail, then what do you do? These are the 10 points that we were talking about. All right. Right. Number one. So number one is you've got to think about the culture. You know, today we do video cassette recorders. We have a way, culture is simply, corporate culture is simply the way we do things here. All right? Mm -hmm. the, the manner we operate here. And the manner we operate has been good so far with video cassette recorders. Now we need to shift to DVDs because nobody wants to buy video cassette recorders again. We need to realize that once we move to DVDs, that culture, the way we do things around here, should change. Because it may not be amenable to production of DVDs. It was good for VCRs, not good. So we need to look at, you know, what was the way we did it? What was our corporate culture? And moving to the new one, which is our future, if you don't move, you die. What are sort of things we need to do, change with regard to our culture? Right. Do we have to come early? Do we have to uh, close late? We've got to change the culture. Culture is the number one. Right. How we do things around here. Right. And how we need to amend it to suit the new um, frontier we're going. Okay. And the leader, the guy who's leading the change, the, the, the big guy, must start, start at the top. He and his directors, he must get all of them on board. He or she. He or she must get all of them on board and then also buy into it. So that's be number two. That's number two. They are going but to you push it down. Again. So if he doesn't get them on board, then the system is going to, the whole thing is going to fail. Because if some of your directors don't die the idea, all right, they will not push it down. They will rather team up with those at, at, at the lower end to frustrate you. So you're saying that some of, the, some of the reasons why two out of three change efforts fail is that the leader fails to get buy-in straight from the top. The top. Right. These are the ones with power. You must get all of them. Number three. And you need to understand that you cannot also force people. You need to get them, influence them to get on board. Because change imposed is change opposed. Mm. The number three, and I've got a book here, so I'm even looking at it. Once you start at the top, then you bring it down. Involve every layer. Because you are moving the whole organization, it's not only the top people. The top people are important, you need to get them first. But you need to get everybody else also on board. People at the bottom. You know, I think uh, many years ago, when I used to be consultant for Merchant Bank, not Universal Merchant, Merchant Bank before, 
I went to head office Kwame Nkrumah Avenue and I stood in reception and I asked people, they had actually written the vision of the company on the wall in reception. Everybody who was going out of the building said, have you seen that? And a lot of them said, yeah, we've seen it. Say, oh, do you know what it means? No, we don't know what it means. Say, why? Say, Nobody has told us. You know, how do you get people to work with you to achieve that when you haven't even explained it to them, they don't understand it. How do you get people to work with you to, 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 to achieve something when they don't know that they have to paddle in this direction with you? So you start from the top, but the third point is involve every layer. And, and the good news is that the UMB, which is now, Merchant Bank is now UMB. UMB, yeah. UMB are big partners of ours. And I can tell you what, I'm going to hold your hand and take you to Najuma Bene, the CEO, <laughs> to ensure that he stands with you at the reception. And anyone coming to the building <laughs> must be able to recite yes. the mission or the way yes. the building. For four years, I was the lead management development consultant for them. I used to design the top leadership courses that come and deliver. Hello, Najuma Bene, you and your team, please. You are coming there, Prophet. I <laughs> to stand at the reception and make sure everybody can, everybody, the yes. for the can relate to it and say, I understand it because they've explained it to me. Number one is change the corporate culture. Number two, get buy-in from the top. And the number top. three, so involve, involve everybody, every the lower ranks. Number they four. are part of it. You need to move all of them. Number four, make rational and emotional case together. A lot of the time, you do the rational one, the strategic planning, and so forth and so on. All right, we go the management way. You got to plan this. You got to do this. You got to do that. You need to do all of them, but also. Also important, you've got to win hearts and minds. Is that, is that what Nehemiah did? Yes. That's what you thought about Nehemiah. Nehemiah, he did that. Uh, yes. He won their hearts. Mm. He got them to realize that it was good for the nation and it was good for their own safety and for to the have world. a war and for God also. So win hearts and minds. Mm. Don't just the formal structure. This is what we are going to do. Strategic management principles indicate that we have to do A, B, C, D. Fine. But make sure that people have actually, they accord with it they like it, they understand it, and we want them. Mm. So that whatever you order them to do, they do it not because you know the boss is saying it, but they do it because it's a good thing to do. Mm. They themselves know that it's a good thing to I do. I have a feeling this is one of the tests that many change management processes fail. They fail because I, they I order from the top four. I'm the boss, I say this. And they think by ordering everything will fall in place. No. And it's it change imposed is it's change opposed. opposed. Charlie, you do all. You know what the young people say? You do all. You know what? You know what it means. You nailed it right yes. to the heart of the matter. Yeah. Let's go to number five. Okay. Number five is um, act your way into the new thinking. In other words, the best example of leadership is how you actually do it yourself. And that's leadership by leadership example. by example. You know, you can't bring that. We need to move from VCR to. Um, uh, DVD, and these are the things we need to do, and you yourself don't support that. You have to actually do it. You see that you believe in it yourself, you're doing it, then it encourages others to do it. So, if so it's you about act about punctuality, the leader must be the first to get there. That's to right. Send the signal. That's right. If you say that work begins at 8 o'clock in the morning, because the new system, we need to work very hard, you know, in order to actually move into the new system, and work begins at 8, and you come at 10, then it becomes a problem. So you act it yourself. Right. Number six. The sixth one is engage, engage, engage. Mm. That's what I've written here. In other words, you initially start the, communi- uh, the, the change by communicating. Guys, you all know that VCRs are dying, taken over by DVD. You all know. All right? And therefore, let us build a new factory that do, does DVDs. And everybody says, fine, boss with you. But you see, human nature, after six months, people are forgotten. 
So you need to communicate that regularly. Remind them. Remind them that, guys, this is the way we're going. Don't forget. This is the way we're going. Constant reminders are very, very important because we tend to forget. And that's number six. Keep number seven. The team. Yeah. Keep bombarding them that this is where we're going. Reminding them. Don't forget. This is our aim. This is where we are going regularly so that people don't forget. Right. Initially, you did it. They all said yes. But with time, enthusiasm wins. You know, um, diminishing returns, in and so on. So regular reminders are very, very important. Number seven? Number seven is lead outside the lines. This is what I mean is that, what I mean with this is that there are the, 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 the employed staff whose business job it is to work with you to achieve the new end or the, 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 the new um, uh, factory you want to do. You've got them on board. But there are other people who have influences, but don't, they are not employees, like spouses and so on. Spouses are extended family, extended family of the company. And if the spouses become a problem, because the new system we want, the change may require that a husband goes earlier than the previous times. Go to work earlier right. than the previous times. The wife is used to sending her husband off at 8 o'clock. With this new system, the man must go at 7. And if the, you know, the man doesn't get the woman to get up one hour earlier to send him off, that becomes a problem at home. That will be passed on to the company. So the standard family, uh, the wives and spouses and so forth, the standard family of the company. Okay. And therefore, you know, we should find a way of getting them also on board. Mm. Not not just the former workers, but the informal, we also need them. I, I get the impression that I include stakeholders like suppliers, like stakeholders that deal. That's right. And the chain of, and yes. the, the, the painful thing. Yes. As, as you they have to adjust this. also because now you need to be buying bigger or you need to be buying earlier time. So Absolutely. On. They are not formal part of the company. But they are crucial to success. I talked about in one of the conversations on this same thing. I talked about the fact that you are trying to change your culture and say I will deliver this service within this time. You've shortened the the lifespan or the time it takes to deliver, and you have an external partner, maybe a technology partner or your finance partner, and they are used to the old times that you deliver. What you're, what you're saying is that if those external stakeholders, if your board members, if your stakeholders do not understand the new look. Right. They will respond in the same old time, and that will hit you that badly. Hit you because you need them. And this yeah. includes family. It is. It includes family. And that's lead outside the lines. Number it's seven. What's number eight? Number eight is um, leverage formal solutions. All the formal solutions about uh, uh, persuading people um, uh, to come to work and the structures that exist, the formal structures, reporting lines of responsibility, reward systems, and so on, that used to be know what prevailed in the past for the new system all these should be looked at you have to see whether they need to be adjusted so you, so you must system. review you must review the system yes for example before uh, uh, the the change was required everybody had a bonus at the end of the year maybe for you to get them to actually do better on this new system which may be more challenging the the, the bonus system the raw system may have to change if you stick to the old system, it may not induce people more. So everything, the way we did things, the culture, everything should change. Mm. And former uh, systems, like what everybody gets 20%, it may have to go to 25%. 
in order to induce people to actually get into the new system. You see, every new system is difficult. People are used to the old system. They used to do it with their eyes closed. Now they have to be working very hard. You know, the, the, the steep end of their learning curve, and they have to put in a lot of effort. So a new reward system may have to come in. Manchester Business School, um, 1994, 95, we lost money. Um, the, the, the business school, being an international business school, is has semi-autonomous uh, um, position. It's considered, part, it's a part of the university, the Faculty of Business Administration, but it's got some semi-autonomy. In other words, when we make money, the university doesn't take it from us. And when we lose money, the university doesn't pay, which is fair. Right. All right? And we are lost money. And in order to you know, uh, get rid of this loss, the, 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 the director called a meeting of all senior staff and said, guys, if you can work harder, bring in more courses so that we have the loss within one year, I will pay everybody £300 in your Christmas uh, uh, salary. And we did. We did. You know, we, we changed the way we brought in more. Everybody worked harder. You know, because we had a system that had to change. We were in a loss. We had to change that. The university was just looking at us. When you make money, keep it. So when you are in a loss, we, we don't want to know. Right. So he actually induced people to change whatever we did, do more in order to um, reduce the, the distance. And that's so that, that's, that's formal. Right. And then there are formal systems that must also uh, uh, change. You have to leverage formal systems like some of the culture that used to undermine, you know, um, things in the past. And will that, that, that still be number eight? That, that will be number nine. The, the leverage informal system is eight. Okay. The leverage informal system, because there are many things that uh, are informal. People okay. chatting, going on the net, spending time, doing less things, you know, uh, which perhaps didn't matter much in the old system because we are still profitable. In the new system, where we are actually going to be in a very highly competitive environment, such informal system like, you know, going to stand outside and smoking and so forth and so on, the informal should also be looked at. So you identify the subcultures that work against the system that's right. and deal with them. That's number and nine. deal with them. Let's go to the last one. The, the last one, the number 10 is assess and adapt. As you go through the change process, a change process takes time, sometimes three years to actually uh, start a change uh, project and finish. So, as you go on, you have to be assessing progress all along, feedback to see if things are on track. So every six months, you stop to look at what has been done. Are we on track? Yes, then we carry on. Are we not on track? And if you're not on track, why not? And then correct the system before we go on. So you assess and adapt as you go along until the project is finally realized. These are the 10 points, and they are all crucial. You know why I, I'm smiling? Because you started a show by saying that people find it cheaper and more convenient to get this from Springboard than to go to your course and pay thousands of dollars. But I'm telling you, this alone is, yes. is proof. And you know what? You are scratching at the point where many CEOs itch. And you are using data or statistics to prove that. That is why two out of three change projects fail. fail. They fail. Miserably. That is very, very yes. critical. Miserably. And just in case you just joined us, this is Springboard, your virtual university, and my guest is PK, the man they call Professor PK Richardson, based in Manchester. And 
adjunct professor here at Springboard, your virtual university. I'm going to give you the 10 things he shared about how to lead any change. And then when I come back to him, he will conclude in a minute with what you as a leader listening must do to anticipate a change you have not seen or to initiate an internal change that you think will help you to have an advantage. And that will be the closing message in one minute from PK. The 10 things you must do to ensure that your project or your change process succeeds. Number one, change your corporate culture. Number two, get buy-in from the top. Number three, involve every level or every layer. Number four, make the rational case, but also make the emotional case. Connect to the hearts and the minds. Number five, act the way your way to the new thinking. That means lead by example. Number six, engage, engage, engage. Number seven, lead outside the lines. I read in Professor Ahoy's book about he submitting his resignation and the late Chairman Rawlings just smiling and not saying anything. The next day, Chairman Rawlings takes he prof's wife and child or so on a plane and drive, rides them around Accra and comes to pack the plane. The next day, he went to the office and withdrew the resignation letter. That is what they call lead outside the lines. Number eight, leverage the formal existing systems, the reward system, the deployment system. Number nine, leverage the informal system, the subcultures that sometimes undermine you. And number 10, assess and adapt. As you go along, ask yourself, is this working? What change must we make? Prof, what is your closing message to any leader listening who is saying, hmm, assemble who? <laughs> Three points. First, lead the change. You cannot just introduce it and leave it to others. As I said earlier on, people actually do what you inspect and not what you expect. Secondly, deal with resistance. Human beings are fundamentally conservative. We live in comfort zones, creatures of habit, and any new thing becomes a problem for us, even if it's good. So you've got to get to deal with resistance. There will be resistance. Some will get on board easily, but some may take time. You, the first thing is you try to get everybody on board by persuasion, by whatever means. Once you want their hearts and minds, then you, you, you're actually ready to achieve success. And then don't impose change. Because change in post is change opposed. Mm. These three points will be good for any change leader, any top gun, anybody, you know, taking these people through a change project must take on board. I'll tell you what, I'll be happy, very happy to invest 200 Ghana CDs to get a soft um, paperback edition or 350 Ghana CDs to get a hardback edition of your book because this is priceless knowledge. And, and you know what? All that you've done is just one chapter. I think chapter 13 of the book. That's chapter 13, yeah. Tease our listeners and our readers, not just about the fact that somebody has written a book, but how how relatable the content is. And I can just imagine some CEO saying, if I had heard this 10 years ago, I wouldn't be here. But thankfully, they've heard it to be a prof. Where can they get this book that you hold in your hands? Right. I'm um, very happy to hold it. That's right. Hold um, and endorse leadership theory, practice, and cases. I can tell you that... It's available from the publishers of the book. And That's our right. friends, Elliot, um, Smartline. Smartline, um, Elliot, and the team at Smartline. And the number for Smartline again? 024-250-1560. Smartline. 024-250-1560. That's right. And then you can get it in Kingdom Bookshops around. Mm -hmm. 
Sarah's Bookshop, Legon. Legon, yes. That's right. Methodist Book Depot and Book Look Shops. Uh, yeah, Book Nook is, is run by my friend Nana Aredamwa. Nana is one of my finest literary minds. One day I'll probably bring Nana Aredamwa and bring Mr. and Mr. Jari to the studio and have a conversation about reading. Prof, we want to just excite people about reading and show show why Bill Gates will say that reading is his biggest asset as a leader. Right. And we'll do a show on that with okay. my, my friend the future. Nana Damwa right. and then Mr. and sure. Mr. Jari on Smart Line. I think yeah. it's something that we'll do. I've promised... Sure. Uh, Mr. and Mr. Jaira will do it, so we'll, we'll make it happen. So, Prof, we want to say a big thank you to you and wish you well as you go to the next phase of your life. Now, we know that when you travel back to the 26 countries that you've taught leadership in, you will not go empty-handed. You go with a, a nice... That's right. Copies of this. That's right. White cover and blue, right? <laughs> gives you credibility that what we are talking about is uh, worth, you know, um, listening to. And, and from the first conversation we had, something that you said that touched my heart, you said it's about a legacy, that one day, one day, one day, in the, in the, in the distant future when you're not there, these thoughts will remain um, for posterity. I'll tell you what, Prof, one of my biggest experiences as an author, and I shared it at the launch, was when I sat on a plane one day. It was, I think, from Düsseldorf to Amsterdam or so, and it was in 2006 thereabouts, and I sat next to somebody reading a book on the short flight so intensely that I was like, ah, which nice book is this person reading? Really? I craned my neck and saw authors, Albert and Comfort Oprah. Okay. And I so, said, let, wow. me not, let me not disturb you. Please read your book. But if you knew who was sitting next to you, <laughs> that's you right. leave the book and speak to the author. That's right. Say, hey. my, my prayer for you and my greetings to Mrs. Mrs. Richardson. Hey, this, this time she was present in person at the lunch. Also for Mrs. Richardson, but my prayer for you, PK, is that the next phase of your, your life and journey as a leadership advocate around the world will be even more enriched because of this book and others that you will write. We thank you for being part of our family, Comfort and I. And thank you for making me part of your family. It's and, been a and, great... And we always enjoy having a, you. A great uh, family and uh, a lot of... I have a lot of time for you and uh, Comfort and... We've had a great time. Too. We have. We have. Oh, yes, we and we'll continue to have a great and time. And next time you meet that person who said 95% of your knowledge is from Springboard, tell them now it's 98%. That's right. It's gone up. That's right. <laughs> it's gone up. All right. So All we right. say here at Springboard that your personal value will shoot up when you matriculate at, at the beginning of the program and you graduate at the end. And today it is obvious that your personal value has shot up. My name is Albert Okran. Thanking you on behalf of Springboard Roadshow Foundation, our sponsors, MTN Pulse, Enterprise Group, UMB Bank, Central University, and our media partners, the Multimedia Group, and the Graphic Business. On Tuesday, get this full transcript of change management in the Graphic Business on page 18, as well as in Graphic, the online app, and on their online platforms. Get it on springboard.com.gh and get it on my joy online. And as PK will say, by virtue of cost and convenience, visit it over and over and over again. Go to my YouTube channel, Albert Okran, and just listen to this and watch it over again and allow it to enrich your life. So we come away again next week. My name is Albert Okran saying, God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you. <laughs>
Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.